Good day, and welcome to our podcast. This is Camp Hacker, episode 63, recorded on the 29th of January, 2014. Today's special topic is Facebook secrets for super summer camp marketing. Since everyone's either attending or traveling to a conference today instead of a regular podcast, I've uploaded a recording of a webinar produced with Blake Sunshine of socialsummercamp.com. You can find the slides at slideshare.net slash zoic. If you'd like easy, automatic, free updates of our podcast, you can subscribe in iTunes, the BlackBerry Podcast Directory, or the Stitcher app. Search for Summer Camp. We hope you enjoy the Camp Hacker Show. So I really do want to welcome you to this webinar with Blake Sunshine and I. Uh, and I'm going to get us started with talking about how to use Facebook content, and then we'll move to Blake in the second half. And so if you have any questions, please do use the question section um, in GoToWebinar. So here we go. So the part that I'm going to talk about really is selling camp spaces with smart Facebook posts. And there are lots of ways to, to sell camp spaces, but when you're doing stuff on Facebook, I want to make sure that what you're doing is geared towards selling. And often camps... I find use Facebook, their Facebook pages as a way of maintaining the community and, and keeping in touch with their families throughout the year. But I think it's a bit of a missed opportunity um, to get new campers from your Facebook posts. And, <clears throat> and pardon me, I think that you need to, there's a few things you need to do to, to make that work for you um, so that you can use the power of word of mouth and spread the stuff that you're doing, but also get some good interactions with um, current camp families and new camp families and allow the the current camp families to have a way to speak on your behalf. And often that means you put out great stuff and they share it for you. And really the way that you do this is um, consider the questions, the things that parents need to know um, to become camp families. And as I say, we usually put out stuff that maintains the community. Um, you know, here's Pokey on her trip to um, to London Bridge wearing her camp t-shirt, stuff like that. And that's important. But if you focus on what parents need to know, then you move beyond that and it comes to work for you. So, for example, I like to think of the, all of the questions that parents who don't know anything about camp, what they need to know to feel comfortable. So for me, I always think that the first thing we should be doing as camp leaders is showing camp families, these, these new families that don't know us, showing the potential families how safe we are, how we look after their kids. Um, for us, if we grew up at camp, it might be perfectly normal um, to have a group of eight kids staying overnight in a cabin together and the counselor be just down the path. Um, but for some parents, they might find that really strange. Um, that there wouldn't be an adult with the kids at all times. Or they may need to know how you are, uh, how you look after the kids' needs, such as eating, and how you make sure that they get to, to the health center to get their meds and, and things like that. And if you start there and build a library of content, whether it's videos, photo illustrations, or stories that are written on your camp blog and then shared to your Facebook page, then that gives parents um, a foundation to build on, a foundation of comfort and knowing that you take very seriously this responsibility of looking after 
other people's kids. And I think that that from there, once you cover that, then you could do things like interview old camp families, favorite old families and say, you know, what were the things that made you nervous when you were considering camp? What were the things that reassured you? How can we give those first time parents more experience of all of the things that will help them feel comfortable or give them an understanding of this for some some families it'll be this weird place of camp um where you know kids come back full of excitement and all these things but all the activities are hard to understand um when kids come back into their community and say you know my favorite game is giant wizard giants wizards and elves and that's hard for parents to get a, a feel for what that really means and and because facebook and the web is so visual then i think you want to focus on um, providing that in a visual way so that they understand what they need to know. And on top of what they need to know, we need to consider what the seasons of camp are and how we can sell according to those seasons. So <clears throat> my time as a camp director, I'd, I'd often ask families questions like, how long did it take you to decide to send your child to camp? And I was really surprised by that because um, in my family, I'm a third generation camp person. And so it was just assumed that when I got to be camp age, I was going. Um, but for some families that parents didn't grow up at camp or even talking to some of my own alumni, people who worked for me, um, who are not sending their kids to camp at nine, 10, 11 years old. And I asked them, um, you know, they just say that they need longer to get ready to send their kids off. They need more time to prepare. And so I think that you should consider the seasons of camp and that dictates what you post on your Facebook page. So if you look at um, getting back from camp and think about the things that you're going to be posting according to the seasons, the fall season should be things like your announcements of when your registration opens, um, it should be, you know, reviews from 2013. So the things that posts and pictures and videos of things that went really great for camp, um, the things that you loved and you're going to repeat. Uh, it's going to be um, families from the summer talking about, writing about, or even acting on video for you about um, what their experience was at camp. And, um, and then... You can see in each one of these seasons, I've considered a different frequently asked question. Safety, I've obviously dealt with in great detail. Um, I deal with those safety issues in the fall. And then um, on the blog section of your website, you can be posting about what the activities are at camp, what the new activities will be for the next year, and then cross-posting that to your Facebook. And all of this laid out with these four seasons over time, if you keep repeating these things, coming back to safety in the fall, moving to staff training, frequently asked questions in the winter, um, all of this builds up a library of great resources that you can do on your blog and then share it to Facebook. Um, and then once it's written once on your blog, you just keep sharing it to Facebook when the season comes around. And this gives parents a year, maybe two years of watching what you do, building trust in what you are, um, and understanding the professionalism that you have to offer. And one of my favorite definitions of marketing comes from a man named John Jantz. Um, he's a, a writer. He writes great books about marketing that are really for um, 
non-marketing people, really plain language stuff. And he has lots of great case studies. And um, his definition of marketing is the one I use all the time. So marketing is someone who has a, getting someone who has a need to know, like, and trust you. And that's a process. So first they have to get to know you, so they have to find you. Um, and Blake's going to talk about lots of ways to get those new campers to discover you. Um, and then they have to get to like you. This is part of what this schedule is here. And they have to build trust with you and keep following something like a, a selling season posting schedule will build that like and trust that comes. So um, the top section under each of these for when, is really the announcements. So in winter, you would be talking about early bird dates, when the price jumps are, uh, etc. Um and then you would offer a chance for new families to get to talk to existing camp families. You may provide that as something um, online where you have a Google Hangout on air or a Skype conversations that recorded that are recorded where people can ask your families questions um, that you you're there to moderate but not interfere. Um, but that way you're getting people who already like and trust you and have committed to your camp to speak on your behalf. And that I think is really powerful because if you're continually saying, buy from us, buy from us, buy from us, it doesn't have a lot of validity, but if you get an outside voice, then it has a lot of power in there. So the FAQs would be staff training. And um, another thing that I wish more camps would do is say, the third Tuesday of every month for January, February, March, and April, we're going to have an online new parent meeting. Uh, and that is me sitting in front of a web camera, um, answering, giving a short little presentation, five to 10 minutes, talking about what camp's like, what a day at camp is, opening and closing day, our, our counselors training, etc., and then giving parents a a question to ask a chance to ask me questions or maybe one of those meetings is um, a chance to ask the head counselor questions and you record them same as we're recording this webinar <clears throat> excuse me and then they're available on your youtubes so that parents who can't make the call do that um, as we move into spring i'd look at something like encouraging people to register we still have spaces in these two or three sessions other sessions are full um, you could use your Facebook page to encourage people to come to camp, come see what, if your kid's coming this summer, come see where they're going to be staying, come see where they're going to be eating. It'll be a lot of camps will be quiet in the spring. Some of them will be, um, busy with school groups, but it gives them a chance to, to say, um, in six weeks, you're going to be coming to camp and here's where you're going to be staying. Uh, here are some of the people that you're going to get to know. Um, the FAQ section would be getting your camper ready, how to talk to your kid about camp, how to talk to them about what happens if they miss home. And that be a, better be a question that you as camp directors are always answering for parents. How do we deal with missing home? Um, and then another thing that you could be putting out is, is not just the come and tour camp, but come to our open house when we have a bunch of staff there. You'll get to see how we as a staff work together. And then in the summer, you're going to be gathering resources to go back into this schedule again. So you would, at this point, hopefully be announcing the next year's schedule so that when your parents leave happy, they are signing up that day for the next summer.
and they're ready. They already know um, so that you get on the calendar before vacation, before um, soccer tournaments, et cetera, the camps on the calendar early. And you would be, of course, announcing that on Facebook in any way. Um, and then also in the summer, you invite families who are thinking about 2015 to come to camp and tour. And then the FAQ section would be something like, here's what happens to your child at camp. Here's how they spend their day. Here's how we do their laundry. Here's how all those things um, to give them a better feel for it. And then I think you're naturally going to be posting, here's what happened today at camp. Um, and posting photos and videos and things of each day at camp because each one of those happens to build that know, like, and trust from current families, certainly, and they'll refer you, and but also from new families who are considering sending you to camp. Uh, I wonder at this point if anyone has any questions. I'm going to move on to my next slide and introduce the topic, but please feel free if there's anything at any time Ask it in the, the questions in the control panel from GoToMeeting, and um, I'll we'll come back to those as I get started on my next little topic before I hand off to Blake in a few minutes. So there are five kinds of engaging posts um, that you can do on Facebook. And you want to make sure that you're looking at your Facebook insights to know what kind of posts your particular community responds to and the the currency of facebook how you go how the stuff goes from what's seen on your facebook page and into the news feed of people is based on three things and that is like comment and share and so by watching your insights to see which ones get more likes comments and shares um, or trying to use these five kinds of engaging posts you are going to get in front of more people um, and, um, Facebook's changing the way that businesses, um, get displayed in the newsfeed, how often they get displayed. But other than the first time that people find your page and click like on it, most of them won't ever come back to see your page and won't scroll down through all of your posts. The way that you'll get seen is by being engaging, getting likes, comments, and shares. And that means that it gets shown to more people. And there are some businesses that I'm not even going to bother with statistics because this is all changing. Um, just in the last two months, it's changed a ton about how what you how Facebook decides what's to, what gets shown to your fans and then your friends of your fans. One of the ways that you can make that work really is to <clears throat> create these engaging posts. And the first thing I think is to ask lots of questions. You'll see that in my slides, I've always used a, a photo from camp with um, with text over top of it. That's because, again, as I said, this is a very visual medium, and I want to I want to associate great camp images um, with the things that happen. So I would post a photo and ask this question: What's your favorite magic moment at camp? Um, this is a magic moment for me, which is a, a bunch of staff up at a place at our old camp. Um, this is a place where they are celebrating the work of the alumni, um, the staff that have been staffed before them. It's called Seeker's Edge. And this ceremony is really powerful for um, young staff and for alumni. So um, other questions that you might ask might include, what smell always reminds you of camp? Um, 
anything that would cause them to answer uh, a, a question. And there are some questions, ways of answering, asking questions that are better than others. If you ask a person, um, why did you choose to come to camp? Why answers tend to take longer. And so why is maybe not the best question because a person might get to, man, that'll take me 10 minutes. It'll take me half an hour to write why, why I chose camp or why I chose this camp. But instead you could ask what questions or even better are when questions. Now, when did you know that your own child was ready for camp? When did you first, yeah, all sorts of things. When did you first fall in love at camp? Um, all those things, because those are simple questions that people can answer in a sentence or two and get good responses. They don't have to think about it. So asking a question like that is, um, <clears throat> is really good. The next thing that uh, I would encourage you to do is put out something where, or a photo, and this is sort of like a Pinterest photo in a way, I'm sure many of you have seen them, with a, a great um, a great photo with a bit of text or a quote over it. Um, and then ask people to share that. Ask them to share it on their own timeline. Um, <laughs> I love this, this camp photo um, because it's one of my favorite camp shirts ever. Um, I pity the fool that don't go to camp that um, I think the camp shirt gets some response, but also the quote would get some response. And that would um, get people to like, comment, and share what you have. Uh, because of camp, I blank, a fill-in-the-blank statement um, is a great way to um, get people to respond. Again, I would post it with a fun photo. You can tell that this is a, um, a cool camp program. Um, and this, any blank statements like this will get more responses um, and hopefully get them to share what's going on. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, I laugh at my own photos, um, but I love this woman's face, who's a great, great camp leader. Um, and this is just another a photo that could be shared, or um, you could use this to encourage people to share other photos or recaption um, recaption this. And really, that also goes with this too. Here's a photo, um, a great photo from camp. What caption would you use on it? And it can be something adventurous like the zipline photo, or it could be um, a silly face photo uh, like this one. Um, you know that you can put up the white the photo with the just the white section and allow people to caption it themselves and put it up there each one of those because they've gone to the effort of captioning it or they've gone to the effort of creating using a blank um a blank space they've creating their own text um sort of in an effect creating a meme that will get people to pass on the stuff that you do so um, really, those those five things will get more engagement and will get more likes, comments, and shares and will pass things, um, will get them to spread to more people. And that means that you get access to the friends of fans of your page. Those um, And those friends will have a person that they know that has spoken on your behalf and said, I like this page. And so therefore, how you have a bit of social proof that says this camp is worth attending, worth checking out. Uh, etc. And then they also have a friend that they can ask questions to that's not actually the camp director, but they know that they've been there and have some exposure to what the camp program is. 
My last little piece of this is about creating a content calendar. I, I talked about the seasons and how you could plan for that. But um, I have, um, we've put out through camphacker.tv a, uh, a summer camp marketing calendar. And it outlines, outlines a way for you to plan for your whole year. And I'll give you just the very basics of it here. Um, and it, it's a very simple version of of the sheet that you can get on camphacker.tv. Um, but this is an outline of what you're going to post on each network um, and the day you're going to do it. And I like to have um, a strategy created for each camp client of ours where they know on Mondays we're talking about a certain thing. On Tuesday we're going to talk about another thing. Friday's our announcement day. Thursday is throwback Thursday. And that is um, the day that we post old photos. And even if you're a camp that's only three or four years old, you have photos from your first year um, that you could post to get some response. So I like to, to come up with that strategy, what each day represents, and then um, and then plan that out for the next few months so that you can sit down, write a whole bunch of posts. So say, for example, um, Sunday is the question day that you're going to ask a question, like we've already talked about. Then you could sit down and write out questions for the next three months at once and then schedule them using any either Facebook itself um, where you can schedule posts there or you could use a um, another application that would allow you to, to schedule your posts. But this allows you to plan it. So that's that's Monday, that's Sunday. Say Thursday, your throwback Thursdays, you could uh, find all of the photos for the next, um, find 12 of them. So you've got the next three months planned. Put them in a particular file on your on your computer and write the text, the two or three sentences that goes with each one, and then have them ready to go. That's the nice thing about a, a content calendar like this. And really, um, the one of the last things I want to say about this before we go to questions, and I thank you, Don, for um, for posting a question here. I'll get to that in just a second. If anyone else has questions about what I've said please put that in and same with Blake as Blake speaking, then you can jump in questions with there and then where there's a break, we'll come and tie all those questions back into the stuff we've been talking about. So people, when you have a calendar ready to go, you can plan for when you're going to post things. So I always like to tell people that they should always start by posting on their own blog, on their own website, because that is something that you own. Um, and you control that. And then you should be linking to it from the social media networks like Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, and Instagram, um, but should always start on your own page. And the great things about the way people use the social networks is that, <clears throat> as I said, people won't very often go see your camp's Facebook page once they've liked it. I might do it a couple of times, but it won't be how they most often get to see your content. Instead, it will be shown to them. So if I do a post uh, today on water safety at our summer camp, I would then post a link to it on Facebook um, and Twitter. And then at the end of the week, I'd put something on Pinterest. And maybe I would post a photo that reflects the article and, and gives people an idea of how to get to it on Instagram. So I've done that once. But that content that I've created is good for 
forever and call it an evergreen topic. Um, unless your safety procedures change, parents are always going to, going to want to know how is my child going to be safe at camp when they're swimming or when they're boating. And so you can use Facebook and Twitter and this schedule to float that blog post back to the top again. And so I might once a month post a link to that article on my Facebook page, to that water safety article on my Facebook page. And the way people use Twitter is, is different than the way they use Facebook. So I would actually post it to Twitter much more often than that because people will go back to your main Twitter account even less frequently if they're a follower. Instead, they will dip their toe into Twitter and look at the stream of all the things going by at the people that they're following. And there they will see, um, and there they may see your content or they may not be rare for them to actually go to, for example, twitter.com slash camphacker to go there would be rare, but they are on Twitter itself. They'll just see my stuff sometimes. And so I think that people should be willing to more frequently post to Twitter. Like that's, water safety post, I would put out um, once a week, maybe for three months um, at different times, different days of the week, et cetera, so that I make sure that it gets exposure. And hopefully each one of those times it gets shared. Uh, and Google always likes it when your stuff gets shared on social media because they've said how they're going to measure your page and have your page show up um, in search results is based on two things. How often your website changes, that's why a blog is great because it allows you to make regular changes there, and how often it's linked from social media. So links from your social media will give Google a bit of a notice that it's a, an article, but when it's shared by more and more people, then it will um, show up better in search results. And the way to get it shared by more and more people is to get it in front of them more often. So I wouldn't be afraid to use Facebook and Twitter to repost good articles that you have that are, as I say, evergreen. Pinterest and Instagram, I wouldn't do it quite so much, but at least you have a plan of what you're going to put out. So um, if Throwback Thursday, you're putting a link to the blog post with a black and white photo from Camp's Origin, then you would share that on Facebook and on Instagram. Um, but and, and Twitter, but you'd only do it once. So you would use each one of the different, I haven't even included a lot of the networks that you could post on, but you'd use it all a little bit differently. But with this plan, you can, um, with this plan, you can be prepared for that, get ahead on things, figure out what your Mondays are and write them ahead, etc. And really this is a quite powerful way to take an overwhelming idea of how can I spread the word of marketing my camp using social media, and break it down into manageable little parts. So those are a lot of the things that I wanted to highlight. I'm going to go to Don's question now. Um, what I'm going to first do is, um, is I'm actually, this is Blake's first, Blake's first thing is coming up. Um, but I'm going to hand over the screen to Blake while I answer Don's question. So you, are you almost ready to go then, Blake? Uh oh, I am ready. Excellent. Okay, so give me a sec. I'll hand it over to you, and I will okay. um, change presenter, and I'll answer Don's question. 
Um, so we should be seeing your screen quite shortly, but while we'll get that up, I will answer the question from Don. Do you utilize hashtags with every post? Um, hashtags, for those who don't know, are the things with the number sign in front of them. Um, I think most people know this these days, but it's a way of organizing tweets or Facebook posts around a topic. And um, I would vary hashtags. Um, hashtags that we use for Camp Hacker most often are the um, hashtag summer camp, all one word, but also the hashtag camp pros. And uh, they go out in most posts, but not all of them. Um, hashtags that you would want to use, Don, would be ones relative to, um, to the areas that you draw from. So, for example, I live in Woodstock, Ontario, Canada, and there's a hashtag for our city. And that, you know, is for the political discussion, the activities, all the stuff going on. So if I was writing about how my day camp um, is hiring for staff for the summer, I would use the Woodstock Ontario hashtag. Um, if there are other hashtags that your families would use, say, for example, you have kids with special needs, you draw from a certain area, you're a basketball camp, then maybe use that often um but i wouldn't necessarily put it into every post but you'd have to do a bit of digging as to how you can um as to what hashtags your families already use so that's why it's good to know um your current families it's good to follow them on on social media because they'll help you with a bit of your intelligence in terms of of gathering that so thank you don for Pardon me, thank you for that question. If you have more, just put them in there. We're going to hand it over to Blake and um, go through hers. But keep writing questions in, and we'll answer more of them at the end. Thanks, Blake. Awesome. Thank you. Travis, you can see my slides okay, right? I can, yes. Awesome. So hi, everyone. This is Blake Sunshine from Social Summer Camp. And thank you so much, Travis, for that awesome overview on Facebook content. Um, your Facebook content strategy is so important as a summer camp. It's really the best tool that you have to reach your families and to reach your campers and to engage your alumni. But a lot of times I get asked, that's great, but what about reaching people who don't know about me? What is the best way for me to find those people and teach them about my camp? So that's really what I'm going to be talking about today is how you can use Facebook ads to reach new target populations at the summer camp. So I always like to start with this slide that says, what would you do if you weren't afraid? I worked at Facebook for three years before I started working with summer camps. And this was a big motto of ours and something that we always had posted around the office. And here are actually some of the answers from people who worked at Facebook about what they would do if they weren't afraid. Um, they're kind of funny, like quit Facebook. Um, but I really like to start with this and always ask you guys to come to this conversation with an open mind about what you would do for your camp if you weren't afraid. And a lot of people are afraid of advertising. Um, so with that, I'll kind of jump in. And I would want to talk quickly about the really very crowded social media landscape and why Facebook specifically is a great tool for you to use. Um, so a lot of camps see this and they get into what I call social media paralysis. 
which is they look at this and say, oh my goodness, I need to create a Facebook ad and write a tweet and post a photo to Instagram and create a meme and pin things on Pinterest. And if I don't do all of that today, I'm never going to have a successful social media program. Um, but that's not true, but it is really important to know that there are a lot of competing factors when you're creating content for social media. So now that we know that there is just such an extremely crowded Facebook, I mean, social media landscape, why do we even want to bother with Facebook ads? Maybe we should just call it a day and not worry about it. Um, but the reality is, is that the camp space is really crowded too. Um, and this is only about, I don't know, 50 to 100 of the thousands of camps that are out there. Um, so we are really going to rely on Facebook ads to differentiate our camp, to say our camp is a great camp. And if you're considering summer camp for your child, you should be considering our camp. And we want to make sure that we're able to get that message out um, using Facebook ads. So as the camp landscape becomes more and more crowded, Facebook ads really are the most efficient and cost-effective way for camps to reach new target areas. So how do you go about even creating a Facebook ad? So there are five main aspects to a Facebook ad, and I'm going to go through two of them in detail today and then talk a little bit about measurement. So the first two are ad creative and ad targeting. So ad creative is what does my ad look like? When somebody logs onto Facebook, what image do they see? What words do they see coming from my camp? Where does it drive to? Um, do I have a photo? Do I have a video? Am I using a link? All of that is part of the Facebook ad creative. The second is ad targeting. So who am I trying to reach with my Facebook ad? And this is probably the most important aspect. Do I want to reach moms in Ontario or parents in Texas or moms in New York or campers in New Jersey? Um, do I really want high income populations? Am I a religious camp? Do I want to reach religious populations? Um, and Facebook gives you a lot of targeting options. And there are a lot of things that camps can test to say, this is the message and here's how I want to reach them. Uh, the third um, kind of lever for creating your Facebook ads is ad placement. So there are a couple different places on Facebook where you can place an ad. The traditional area is on the right-hand column of your Facebook page, um, but more and more now, most camps are finding the greatest success advertising in newsfeed. So that would be just like if you log on to Facebook and you see your newsfeed, an ad from your camp would actually pop up in your target audience's newsfeed. And the reason why the newsfeed is such a great place is it's so engaging. It's where people go to see content from their fans, uh, from their friends, from their family. And it really just is the best place to show an ad. And to break it down even further, ad placement in the newsfeed can also be shown on your desktop computer or on your mobile phone. So if you're really trying to reach a younger audience, maybe you want to create an ad and only show it to your audience in their newsfeed on their smartphone. Um, so there's a lot of different options you have for where you can place your Facebook ad. Um, the fourth is ad bidding, which I'm not going to get into very much. 
Um, but that basically just tells Facebook what you want to bid on. So I only want to pay when somebody clicks on my ad. I only want to pay when somebody sees my ad or I want to optimize my ad for conversions. So there are a lot of different options and that's kind of a more advanced Facebook technique. And the last is ad optimization. So am I seeing the results on my Facebook ad that I want to and what can I do to help improve those results? So now I'm gonna go into detail about ad creative and ad targeting and then talk a little bit about measurement. So here's an example of an ad I ran for the last time Travis and I did a webinar together and it really displays the three main um, components of a Facebook ad. The first is the message content. So what do I want the ad to say? And since Facebook posts tend to be pretty short, I always recommend you keep this area as short as you can while giving a decent amount of information. So are you considering summer camp for your child? Our camp is a great camp for building self-esteem and confidence in young women. Okay, that's your message content. Then you wanna follow it up with a call to action. Click here now to talk to one of our directors. Click here now to request more information. Um, click here now to learn more about the amazing summer 2014 plans. Um, there are a lot of things that you can do to make your call to action friendly, but you always wanna make sure that you're using a call to action, telling your audience what you really want them to do. After message content, the second most important thing is the image. So we really wanna use an engaging image and we know that images of people perform much better on Facebook than images of say landscape. And camps are so lucky here because they have some of the most engaging images of campers really available to anyone. So I would say find a great group shot of your campers having a great time and try testing that image out in a Facebook ad. Um, the third part is a link to a measurable site. So what do we want people to do? So in this ad, I wanted people to sign up for the webinar. So I drove to the webinar page and Travis and I were able to track how many people from our ad went and then signed up for our webinar. Um, but for a camp, you're likely gonna wanna drive traffic to something like a request information form so that you can say, okay, here's how many people came from Facebook from our ad and then here are the people who actually ended up uh, requesting information or calling us on the phone or talking to us later. So this is an example of what an ad creative looks like. And this is called specifically a Facebook page post ad. And it's really meant to run in people's news feeds. So that's an example of how you can create a really strong Facebook ad if you're a summer camp. Next, I'm gonna talk about ad targeting, and this is super important to summer camps, but there also are so many options on Facebook that you really wanna make sure that you're testing out a lot of different types of targeting. So Facebook offers all of the basic ad targeting, so age, gender, location, but they also offer a ton of extra targeting, likes and interests, parental status. So you can actually target parents who have children between the ages of four and 12. Or if you're a day camp, maybe you wanna go younger than four, maybe you wanna target two to five, or maybe you're a teen tour and you wanna target 13 to 17. Um, you can target parents who have children of any age. Um, you also can target by likes and interests. So you can say, if you're a religious camp, you can say that I only wanna target um, 
parents who are uh, church members or who are interested in young life or something like that to really get closer to your target audience. You also can target by income levels. So um, Facebook offers what they call partner categories, which actually takes offline data and brings it online. So they have all of the spending data that they then match up. So if you're a camp that's at a really high price point, like an eight week overnight camp, you can really say, okay, I only want people who make a certain amount of money in a year. Or if you're a nonprofit camp, you can say the other way. You can say, we're open to people of any income status. Um, so there are lots of different things you can do. And you also can target your fans, people who are not your fans or people who are your friends of your fans. And targeting friends of fans is great because it actually gives the people you're targeting a little bit more information about your camp. And they've probably heard about your camp before. So they're a lot more likely to engage or click on your ad because they already have a friend who's connected to you. Um, and targeting fans is really interesting. Travis talked about it briefly, but Facebook is making it harder and harder for you to reach the people who are your fans. Um, and it's only going to become increasingly more difficult. So if you are a camp and you want to reach your fans with a really great message, maybe that the deadline for registration is um, coming up soon or that certain sessions have a wait list or that someone's favorite counselor is back or that you're rebuilding this amazing facility, it may be worth creating an ad and targeting it toward your fans to make sure that they see that message that you're trying to see. Travis, are there any questions yet? No, nothing so far. So again, okay, I encourage cool. people to type into the question section um, and we'll make sure we answer all that stuff before we go today. Thanks, Blake. Great. Well, I'll just carry on then. Um, so once you've created a Facebook ad and you've targeted it toward who you want to target it to and you launch your ad, you really want to think, how am I going to measure the success of my Facebook ad? So there are a couple different ways that you can do this. Um, the first is lift and sign up. So you can say, okay, before we ran this ad, we were seeing one or two signups a day. And now that we've run this ad, we saw a day with five or six or 10 signups. Um, you also can do that with a lift in traffic. So you can say, okay, normally on a regular day, we see 100 people visiting our website. But today we ran an ad and 200 people visited our website. Um, or a lift in inquiries. So the same as with traffic or signups, you can say, okay, we drove traffic to our um, request info page and we got this many more inquiries than we normally do. Um, another tactic for really understanding how many people saw your ad and took the action you wanted them to do is to drive traffic to a specific web page that you're only driving traffic to from your Facebook ad. So Travis and I did this for our webinar. Um, he went to lead pages and he created a landing page specifically for our webinar. Um, there are a couple other tools you can use to do this too. I prefer Formstack. Travis uses lead pages. There's also Wufu, W-U-F-O-O. And you can create a really quick landing page for let's say request more information about our camp and you can only drive traffic to that web page, so you can get a really good understanding of how many people are seeing your ad and taking your action. 
The last is slightly more complicated and I have a lot of information about it on my blog, socialsummercamp.com slash blog. It's called a conversion tracking pixel. And it's actually a small piece of code that you put after the submit button on either your request info page or your sign up page. And the conversion tracking pixel talks to Facebook and says, okay, somebody just filled out your request info page on your camp's website. This person came from Facebook and Facebook will actually report on how many conversions or new leads that you're seeing from your ad. It's super easy. It's one piece of code that just goes on your website. If you have a web designer or you know basic HTML, you should be able to do it yourself. Um, and it's really great because Facebook will actually not only report on your conversions, but Facebook will say, okay, this person filled out the form. Now we're going to take that information and we're going to try and optimize your ad to show it to more people who are like the person who filled out the information. So it actually optimizes based on the conversion data, which is really awesome. So these are kind of in order from easiest to measure to more advanced to measure. Um, but whatever you do, I highly recommend before you launch your Facebook ad, trying to figure out what you're really trying to measure and how you're going to measure that. Um, Facebook Insights also reports on two really important metrics, reach and engagement. Reach would be how many unique people saw your ad and engagement would be how many people engaged with the ad. And if you're doing an ad targeted toward your fans, those are going to be the two metrics that you really want to look at. So that's everything from me about creating a Facebook ad, targeting it toward the right audience, and then launching it and figuring out how you're going to measure your success. Um, as a part of this webinar, Travis and I are both offering a special offer. Um, so if you contact me, Blake at socialsummercamp.com after uh, the webinar, I'll actually be giving $100 off one month of social media consulting services. So again, that's Blake at socialsummercamp.com. And then I'll let Travis talk about his offer really quick. Yeah, fantastic. Um, so we, <clears throat> we have this Catalyst Playbook, which is something that we try to get every client to do when we get started. And it is an evaluation of all your current online marketing efforts your website, um, your blog, your website design and usability, even some search engine results, and we'll take a look at your Google Analytics. Uh, and it is a $750 package that includes a 45-page report and two hours of consulting. But for those of you who sign up today, go to uh, zoic.ca slash chplaybook, and it's important that those chp are capitalized. Go to that link, it will take you to the, the playbook on the Camp Hacker website and you get $150 off. And many camps have found that this is enough for them to get started and work on their own projects and just work through all of the things that we talked about, suggestions that we had for improving their online marketing stuff, website, social media, all of it. So that's available there and you can use that coupon for any of you who've been watching this webinar. It's $150 off by using the code playbook-150. So that, um, 
that takes us to the end of our presentation stuff. We have some questions coming in. Um, I want to thank Don, who's put in a question again. It's really awesome, Don. It helps us to know, um, you know, what we need to work on. So I'm grateful that you would stick up your hand again and ask a question. So our question for you is for you, Blake, and she wonders how much, generally speaking, what is an estimated cost of targeted ads? Yep, that's a great question, Don. Thank you so much for asking it. Um, so there's no real way to say this is how much an ad is going to cost you. It really depends on the different layers of targeting that you put in. But for camps, I usually tell them that with just a budget of about $25, they can start testing an ad to really see what kind of reach they're getting and what kind of um, how large their target audience is and what their cost per click or cost per impression is. And $25 typically is enough to see good results. Um, a lot of the camps that I'm working with right now, uh, we do a lot based on conversions. So uh, basically new leads and they're seeing new leads anywhere from two to $7 a piece, depending on what type of camp they are. Um, so I always say start small, see what your results are, and then kind of increase your budget from there. But in general, for about $100 a month, camps can see really good results um, for driving new leads, driving traffic, um, and reaching their target audience. Yeah, that's awesome. And I know from uh, experience of our own client, one of our own clients um, in a different industry than summer camp, but she had taken um, – a Facebook post from a friend that had got some traction. She liked it. She got permission to use it on her own page. Um, and he had just put it on his page. They had similar numbers of likes. And it had been seen by less than 40 people. And she invested $36 into advertising that same post. Um, and it got in front of 3,500 people. Um, so there, you can get some really great results with the targeting available in Facebook ads. And Blake's been great at explaining, um, certainly introducing the topic of how you target it. So then all the possibilities there. So Rebecca asked the same sort of question that Don did. So thank you, Rebecca, for putting that in. Uh, Stephanie has one other question for you, Blake. If I were to make a Facebook ad, does the ad just show up one time? one day in my target audience's feed or more often? Yeah, definitely. So that's a great question also. Um, so Facebook reports on frequency, which is how many times the ad shows up to your target audience. So when you're running your ad, you wanna keep an eye on that frequency and make sure that it doesn't get above two or three. Um, we obviously want our target audience to see it one time, and depending on the message, we may even want them to see it again, especially if we're targeting an audience that doesn't really know about our summer camp. Um, for them to see an ad about your camp one day and then a couple days later to see it too is actually a good thing. Um, what we don't want to do is continuously show our ad to people who are not interested in it. Um, so I always recommend keeping an eye on that frequency button when you're running your ad um, to make sure it does not get above two or three. But Facebook also really does take a precaution to make sure that your newsfeed is not full of ads. Um, so it's pretty likely that your audience is only going to see your ad about one time per day, um, depending on your budget and how many people in your audience you're reaching. Um, so you definitely don't need to be worried about 
your ad being annoying or showing up too often, um, just keep an eye on that frequency. Fantastic. Uh, if there are any more questions, put them in there. We'll watch for them in the next couple of minutes. But um, I think we'll start to, to wrap things up here. Um, if you want more information about this kind of stuff, Blake is posting great stuff on her blog. I'm doing what I can to, to put it out on the Camp Hacker Twitter. Um, but you should really check it out. So she's at socialsummercamp.com. She's got some good stuff. Thanks very much, Blake. Yeah, thank you, Travis. It was great to spend this time with you. Wonderful. Yeah. So um, I hope people go to socialsummercamp.com and camphacker.tv. You can subscribe to our free podcast there and start watching. We're going to be putting out new podcasts very shortly. We've got a whole bunch of them in the can. So have a new, a couple of new topics, including leadership training and um, and a show that I'm doing called One Thing I Did Right, the interviews with camp directors. So hope you'll watch camphacker.tv for that as well. Um, so we didn't have a question, but we had a couple of, um, comments. Thank you from Erica. Thank you both so much. I really enjoyed this. You're most welcome, Erica. Um, and one other question we got from Rebecca, um, you mentioned doing a video FAQ with new parents. What service do you use for that? Uh, there's a couple of services you could use. Um, you could Rebecca use Pardon me, you could use the GoToWebinar service that we are using right now. Um, it has a video, it has video capabilities, but it's kind of expensive. Um, I would recommend doing it on Google Hangouts on Air um, because that will also simultaneously play live to your YouTube channel. So you could send people the link to your YouTube channel to to watch it, or they could interact with you by um, you know being part of the online the host, the hosts online on, on your Google Hangout on there. Um, there are a few other services that will let you do um, online video shows. Spreecast is another one that I've used before that um, that has a free, it's freemium model. So you start out free and then you can buy it if you need some more space. So I would I would look at Spreecast and, um, and Google Hangouts on air for both of those. So thanks, Rebecca. Um, Blake, we got another thank you from Krista who says, thank you. Very informative. So thanks very much for your feedback. Awesome. Thank awesome. you. And if anybody's around, Blake and I both will be at the ACA national conference next week and at the tri-state camping conference in Atlantic city in March. So we hope you say hi, please let us know if you've enjoyed this webinar. Um, and thank you very much. Thanks, Blake. Thank you guys. Bye everyone. Bye-bye. This week's Camp Hacker podcast is sponsored in part by the Camp Owners and Directors Association. You provide quality camp experiences for children, helping them grow and gain independence. We help you achieve your vision. Check us out at campownersanddirectors.com. And by the amazing support of camp pros like you. We'd like to take a moment to thank our listeners who have become patrons of Camp Hacker. If you would like to show your support and earn some cool rewards, go to p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash camphacker. Today, we really want to thank you, our patrons. We cannot do this without your support. The Camp Hacker Podcast 
is brought to you by Beth and Travis Allison, summer camp leadership training and marketing consultants. Thanks for listening. Oh.